wonderful. Amen. Thank you, choir, and Greg, and Belinda, and we do miss Annabelle, but Belinda does a pretty good job. You think? Absolutely. I always have to say this because it is absolutely true. It is so nice to walk into King's Grant Baptist Church and to see beautiful, smiling people and to know that you're here because of the Lord, because you love your church and you love the Lord. And I pray that even though we ain't perfect, you love each other because that is part of what God would want from his people. And I'm so thankful because as I thought this week, I thought, my goodness, you know, years ago I came to King, King's Grant basically every Sunday to just be a member and a Sunday school teacher. And that was back, believe it or not, in 77, 78, 79. Man, I'm getting old. But I loved it then and I love it now. And I have been here for the last five months preaching for you, and it occurs to me that I've preached for about over, well, actually over half. I think it's, I lost count, but it's 13 or 14 Sundays. And it has been a blessing for me. And I want you to know how much I love you and love this church and love the opportunity to be here and to serve and to have your wonderful attention and to be able to share things that mean the world to me, and hopefully they mean the world to you. So today, I celebrate that. But I will have to tell you that I have some concerns. And when I have concerns about people that I love, it weighs heavy on my heart. Because as I move about through your fellowship and through the hallways of this church, I do sense some pain. Now, I have been a, a Christian counselor for 50 years. And in my own life and in the lives of many of the people that I work with, I understand and I recognize turmoil, distress, pain. And it's part of life. I mean, it just happens. But I still want us always to do what we can to not only avoid pain, but to reduce pain, to eliminate pain, and to come to a spot of, of peace. And so the things I'm going to say to you this morning, I am absolutely convinced that it is part of God's plan for us to do just that for us to be a fellowship of joy and peace because that is God's order. This past weekend, uh, I was not here on Sunday, but I want to reflect on that for just a moment. But I was here on Saturday because I had the privilege, and actually this is the third time, I guess they are not quite tired of me yet, but this is the third time that I've been with your deacons in a deacon retreat or a deacon conference as they made the transition from one year to the next. It goes by three times, go back about six or seven years. And I've always appreciated it. And last Saturday, uh, last Friday and Saturday, 
I had four hours with these good folks, uh, 40 plus, I think there were 43 people in the room. Um, and one of the things that we did, uh, I wanted, I addressed some of my comments and some of my teaching to the concept of creating a spirit of peace in Kings Grand Baptist Church. Because, and I ask you to hear this loud and clear, and I believe that you know this, but peace is authored by Almighty God, our Heavenly Father. He wants you and I to be in pe at peace. He wants you and I to treat others with peace. He wants you and I to even be at peace in the midst of the storms of life. And so I believe that, I teach that, I counsel that, I preach that, and I had the privilege of working with these good folks last Friday night and Saturday. We had a wonderful time. I just was blessed. Good fellowship, good prayers, good worship, lots of interaction, lots of discussion. Many folks made very positive comments about the experience. And I left. Uh, I didn't leave them, but I had to go to my office and do counseling Saturday afternoon. But I left with just such a, a wonderful thought and feeling in my, in my spirit. But I just want so much for God's peace to be right here in you individually, in your families, in this church family. And I promise you, and I've said this before, and I don't do this with, you know, this may be, and I don't ever want this to be any kind of prideful statement, but I pray regularly, sometimes daily, with absolute commitment to my Heavenly Father that He hears me and that He honors my prayers and many of my prayers right now are for this place, this body of believers, this church, good church, has been, is, and will be. And I am totally committed to the fact that God has a plan for this church. Now, excuse me, I got to, uh, by the way, I hope this is not a, reflection of a budget cut. Uh, thank you for laughing at that. Uh, do you remember the bottle that I had two weeks ago? Yeah, yes, by all means. But now I would not say that to Amy and Beth, okay? They're such dear godly, sweet women, and so excuse me, and let me take a little budget here. But I want to continue to look at last weekend for a moment because I, I was not here last weekend. You had another man, Chuck Harrison, who happens to be a friend of mine from way back. I knew him 30, 35 years ago. Uh, here in Virginia Beach, really fine man. And I joined y'all uh, through video, which I appreciate the church and Scott putting that on. And I, 
experienced something that I want now. I know some of you were out of town visiting Ken and his uh, ceremony, but I want you to know that what happened here, right here in this room, last Sunday morning was something of great encouragement, and I am thankful for what happened. And if you have not heard or not seen, please go look at the video, and you will see this man, Chuck Harrison, a godly man, a trained minister, and he preached, and I want to refer to that because it fits in with what I'm going to say to you today, because he had a very emphatic statement, and even as he began his remarks to you all last Sunday morning, he said, God has a vision for Kings Grant Baptist Church. Now, that is absolutely the fact, the, the case. It is, it is God's plan. And then he went on to say something that I so appreciate. He said that it's our privilege, our responsibility, he said, our duty to discover what God's plan is for this church. Now, I appreciate that so much because he was saying, and I am saying, and I hope you're saying, that it's not your plan, it's not my plan, it's not any individual's plan or any particular group's plan, but our responsibility, and I hopefully our plan, is to give ourselves to Almighty God, who has the picture, as Chuck said last week, the vision for what King's Grant Baptist Church is supposed to be and how we're supposed to move forward. Now, I want you to hear that because I celebrated that as I heard Chuck as I was looking at the video. I, I think I watched it on Monday afternoon in my office. I celebrated the fact that he was saying that to you and then this week I'm going to talk more about Radical humility and radical obedience. Do you understand the connection? Because being humble and being obedient is part of how we discover what God's vision is for this church. And so I ask you so much to pray about that and look at that and to be thankful. And Chuck went on to give real biblical foundation to this whole message from the book of Jeremiah. And the fact that God will show us things that we don't even know about right now. Things that are different. Do you understand the term radical? Do you remember I defined it for you two weeks ago? In that radical or being radical is that you or I or whoever is involved in and causing dramatic change. Now I'm just stopping. I'm going to stop there for a moment because I want that to sink in to all of us. Dramatic change. And if you look at Jesus Christ as we did two weeks ago as I had the privilege of being here, what did Jesus do? He came into this world 2,000 years ago and he started changing things. He came into a turmoil of political and religious fervor in Israel, in the, in the promised land, and he began to change, radically change. 
Now, that's what Chuck Harrison was saying. That's what I'm saying because I believe that that's what God is saying. And then, still on last Sunday, I was very thankful because Stephanie Mayo stood right here in this room in front of her church family and indicated that Chuck Harrison was going to be the consultant to work with you and your leadership and with this church to help you discover more of what God's plan is. Hallelujah. I pray for that. I'm thankful for that. And then, and I believe this was spontaneous, I believe he just was led to do this, maybe right on the spot, but Pastor Scott stood right here on this platform and asked people to come and gather around Chuck and to pray. And Scott even said, and I appreciate this, that this was like a commissioning statement for this consultant, Chuck Harrison. When Scott prays, I am thrilled. And I mean that with all humility, and I don't want to just... He's not a prideful man, but he is a godly man that leads and seeks the Lord and prays with absolute faithfulness and sincerity. Amen. And I was so thankful that your pastor, Pastor Scott, stood right here and prayed that prayer. And I want to commend all of that to you because I love this church and I want you and the Lord to work all this out. Now, having said that, I want to share some things with you this morning that I pray that you will just listen to. You know, usually I'm holding a microphone. Uh, today I got this little thing here, so it, little, it pops every now and then. I'm sorry about that. But it's real hard for me to read from my little book here. And there is scripture in here, folks. It's not a comic book or anything like that. <laughs> it's hard for me to read from my little book. I don't usually use notes, and so it's a little bit cumbersome. But I just felt absolutely led that we are to look at several scriptures this morning. Several, probably about ten. And so if you'll hang on and we'll be here till mm, 11, 12 o'clock, something like that. But radical humility. I'm going to take you back 3,000 years. Because from God's word and from God's character, 3,000 years is the same as today. Would you agree with that? God is the same in the past and present and future and always. And I'm going to take you back to King Solomon and the building of his temple, God's temple that Solomon built 3,000 years ago. But what I'm going to take you to over and over and over today is what God said to Solomon and to all the people of that day. And you know the passage of Scripture. But I want you to listen. I'm going to say it to you two different times. And the second time through, I'm going to change one word. Because the Scripture says, If my people who are called by my name 
will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their sinful ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. Now that's what God said to Solomon and all the people 3,000 years ago. (coughs) I said I'm going to say it again and I'm going to change one word. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their sinful ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their church. Now, if you don't believe that that is true 3,000 years ago and true today, I'm sorry, you and I disagree deeply. If you believe that that is part of God's plan for King's Grant Baptist Church, then I am thankful for that, and we press on with that. So what I want to do is to take this passage and to add some other scriptures to it, and I ask you to think about everything, not that I say, but that God says. Because that is the way that we, you, this church family, is going to discover what God's vision is for King's Grant Baptist Church. And that's my full, complete, total purpose at this point. So, if my people... Now, I'm going to break it down, so I'm going to stop right there. Do you realize and are you celebrating the fact that we here at this church gathered in this room that we are God's people? Amen. Amen. And being God's people, then we're to submit in humility to him. Radically, drastically, we're to give ourselves to him. One of my favorite verses of scripture. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood a holy nation. You are God's own people so that you can declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now, if you don't know where that is, that's in 1 Peter, 2nd chapter, verse 9. And it says right there in that that you and I, that we are a chosen people We're God's own people, a people belonging to God so that we can serve him to declare the great things of Almighty God because he's the one that has called you and I out of the darkness into his marvelous light. So back to 1 Chronicles, excuse me, 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people, who are called by my name. Now, what does that mean? Are you and I called by the name of God? Well, we are called what? Christians. Now, let me break that down a little bit for you. A Christian, that means a follower of Christ. Sounds like a name for me. Now, I love my Baptist background. I've been a Baptist for 120 years. (laughs) But 
when people say, what denomination are you or what, what is your faith? I want them to know that I am a Christian. Now, not that I'm not at all apologizing for my Baptist background, but I am a follower of Jesus Christ first and foremost. And that's what we're saying here. It says, if my people who are called by my name, we are Christians. In the 11th chapter of Acts, it says that Barnabas and Paul taught these people in Antioch. And then it says that these people were called Christians, and they were called Christians first time they were all Christians was in the town of Antioch in the New Testament with Barnabas and Paul. So we are a people called by his name. And then it says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. Now, there's all sorts of concepts about what humility is. And I'm talking to you today about radical humility. That means just absolutely, totally committed to being humble before Almighty God. And I will say that that is really hard for me. And that's really hard for you. Because we're selfish human beings. And you and I want to do it ourselves. We want... Oh my goodness, do you know... What's the first commandment in the Ten Commandments? It says, you will have no other gods before you. I'm sorry, but I have to say that one of the main gods that we put before Almighty God is myself. Now, I want you to think about that for a little bit. Maybe you've never thought about that before. We think, well, okay, we have other idols. We have other things we believe in, other things we commit ourselves to. But don't you understand that one of our human struggles is that I want to be in charge of my life? And so do you. There are three words, and I mentioned them to the deacons last weekend, that absolutely you and I do not like these three words, and they are essential for radical humility. And these words are submission, sacrifice, and surrender. And you don't like any of those three in your own humanness. Now, I pray for me and for you that in my commitment to the Lord, I will embrace and I will live in and I will honor and I will grow in those three words. Because then we're talking about radical humility. Because humility basically means not, not weakness or not being a pushover or not anything like that, but Humility means that he's God and I'm not. That I completely give my will and my thoughts and my life to Almighty God. And if you and I are not doing that, we're not going to know the full joy and peace of his presence and his leadership and his vision for you personally and your family and this church family. And so it says here again, if my people that are called by my name would humble themselves, completely surrender to Almighty God. And then that they would pray.
pray. You know, you know the Lord's Prayer from Matthew 6. Jesus taught it. And you know how it starts. Our Father, who art in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do you understand that that is a statement of Humility before our Heavenly Father. Our Father, you are holy. You are in heaven. You are above and beyond all. And your kingdom come. Your will be done. Now it says on earth, but let me, let me ask you, would you please change that just a little bit? Not to, not to dismiss that, certainly on earth. But your kingdom come, your will be done in me. Would you personalize that? Because then that's radical humility. You're saying, God, I surrender to you. And I will give my will to you. And so this passage again, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray in total humility, and seek my face. Now, I talked to you about prayer several months ago when I first came. It's about the third sermon that I preached to you. And I talked about the fact that you and I do a lot of what I call vending machine prayers. Now, that's a cruddy name. <laughs> it is. But we say, God, give me, give me, give me, give me. Let me punch this button with this prayer and punch this button and I'll get this blessing and I'll get this provision and I'll get this healing and give me, give me, do this, do this, do this. Do you know I struggle a lot with this and I, I'm, I'm guilty of it. But sometimes in our prayers we even tell God what to do. <laughs> Can you imagine we say, God, you need to. Well, maybe you don't actually say that phrase, but it's implied. Seek his face, not his hand. The vending machine prayer is, okay, God, give me this. Give me your hand. Give me what's in your hand. Give me what you'll provide for me. Take care of me here. Instead of saying, I want to have a personal relationship with Almighty God and to gain from His character, from His being, from His presence and honor Him with all that I have and all that I can. That is what it means when we say seek His face. And so if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, all this is in that in that basic scripture that we're looking at. Seek my face. And then turn from their sinful ways. Repentance. Repentance. It's very basic. It says here in Jeremiah fifteen nineteen. Therefore this is what the Lord says. If you repent I will restore you that you may serve me. If you repent, I will restore you. 
we need God's restoration all the time, but it requires me confessing and repenting and turning around. Then I will restore you, and if you utter worthy, not worthless words, you will be my spokesperson. Would you like to be able to speak for Almighty God? <laughs> what a privilege. Well, Scripture tells us that we can do that. It goes back to that we can declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And then we are walking in a face-to-face -face relationship because we have repented, we have turned. Are you aware that repentance basically means a U-turn? You're going this way, and this way is sinful, this way is selfish, this way is under Satan's ordination, not God's. This way is destructive, not constructive. And I'm talking about me and you and all of our humanness. We're going this way. And God says, if you will repent, make a U-turn. Not a partial turn. Not a half turn. But a complete U-turn. And go the other direction. Then I will restore you and you can be my servant. We then have the privilege of serving our Heavenly Father. So if my people who are called according to my name, will, if they will repent and if they'll pray and seek my face and then turn from their sinful ways, then it says, then will I hear from heaven. Do you understand that when we're in repentance, when we're submitting ourselves to Almighty God, then he hears us. It says in 1 John 3, 21 and 22, Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God because he hears us and he receives anything that we ask and we receive from him because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. And repentance turning from our sinful ways, then that enables him to hear from heaven. That's what he says here. And then it says, if my people who are called according to my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their sinful ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin. Now, do you sin now? Yes, because we still, we will always have a selfish nature. I pray that for me and for you, we don't sin as much as we used to. I pray that we're growing in the Lord. I pray that we're, we're looking for peace and we're looking for proper service and proper revelation from him to you and me. But... We must confess, we must repent, and we must accept his forgiveness. It says in 1 John 1, 9, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Purify us from all unrighteousness. That means that in his forgiveness, it erases the sin. Unrighteousness goes away. It is purified. Only 
only when we repent and seek the Lord. And then in that kind of radical humility where we have accepted that we are people of his name and that we have humbled ourselves and we've prayed and sought his face and then we have repented, we have turned from our sinful ways and he has hurt us, he is then honoring us and he is forgiving our sin and then and only then can we be obedient. Do you understand that it all fits together? It is all a part of God's plan. And I move to the verse in, in the book of John. Words from Jesus himself related to obeying his commands. It says, if you love me. Now I'm going to stop right there for a moment. Do you and I love Jesus Christ? I certainly hope so. And I'm talking to myself just as I'm talking to you. <coughs> but he, he's saying, if you love me, I hope he knows that I love him. He does. If you love me, you will obey what I command. Now, at the very outset of that statement, it's implied if you don't obey me, then that may say you don't love me. And what is the greatest commandment? Jesus spoke this to the Pharisee, Matthew 22. He said, it says to love the Lord your God with all your mind, your heart, soul, and strength. That comes from Deuteronomy. It's been a part of God's history, a part of God's book forever. Is the love, the absolute, complete, and total love that we're to have our Heavenly Father. And now Jesus is saying, if you love me, you will obey what I command and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper, an advocate, a counselor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in the Father and you are in me, and I am in you, and whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. Show myself to him. Do you remember that we started off by talking about what Chuck Harrison said last week, that God has a vision for this place a picture of peace and service and fellowship and study and growth and everything that a church needs. And right here, if and when we're involved in radical obedience, Jesus Christ said, I will show myself to him or show myself to them. Now, I would never want to think about something that would thwart or stifle God's plan. But when I read these scriptures, when I think about them, when I really allow myself to face the reality of what God is saying here, I believe it's saying very actually that if we do not humble ourselves, 
if we do not radically humble ourselves, if we do not pray, if we do not seek his face, if we do not love him, then we will not see him. We will not see his vision for you as a man or woman in Christ, you and your family are this church family. And therefore, radical humility and radical obedience is absolutely necessary. It's not an option, folks. This is not just something that maybe we're thinking about. This is the basis of our Christian faith. It's the basis of the health of this church. It's the basis of you and I as being God's people. And I hope, I pray that I'm here and you're here today because we want to be God's people. And I trust that that is so. Now, in just a moment, I'm going to ask Greg to come up here and Belinda to come up here. And I want us to sing two verses of I Surrender All. Now, they're not, you don't have a hymn book in front of you, so you got to remember the words. Uh, Greg, if you want to see the words, I got them written in here, okay? Or you probably know them. You're good with words. Now, I appreciate the chuckle there, but this is serious. What I want to say is we're about to sing a beautiful, powerful hymn saying to Almighty God, I surrender all. I surrender to you in radical humility and radical obedience and I will do what is necessary in my life and in my family and in my church family to do it God's way, not my way. I surrender all. Now, I'm going to ask you to just think for one minute silently. I love for us to reflect on what God has said. If, if you cannot say to God, I surrender all, then don't sing. I pray that everybody in the room sings. I'm going to sing. Because, yes, it's hard to surrender all. We live in a cruddy world and we're distracted at every corner. But I'm talking about, and God's talking about, a commitment, a striving a desire, and then a, a plan of action to surrender all. And I pray that that will be our theme. So please just be silent for just a minute, and then we're going to stand and sing two verses of I Surrender All. Jesus, in your power and in your spirit, Help each one of us to not only believe those words, but to give you those words with absolute sincerity and faithfulness and to set our lives and our behavior and our actions and our attitudes and our humility and our obedience. We pray for absolute surrender you have been so good to us. You have given yourself. 
you have sacrificed yourself. You have submitted to all that is good and all that is love and all that is forgiving. And you have surrendered all to us. Surely, we can have a spirit, a desire, a drive, a striving to surrender all to you. Thank you for inviting us. Thank you for calling us. Thank you for choosing us. Thank you for, for helping us and allowing us to be your people. We come to you in complete and total humility and obedience. We pray that that would be the theme of our lives. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Go in peace.